Well, happy Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. This is what it's all about. Today changes everything. It's a day unlike any other day that today, today we get to shout, we get to yell, we get to tell the whole world and proclaim that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Today's the day that we tell death. We tell hate, we tell violence and injustice and brokenness. You don't get to have the last word. You did not win because today we proclaim that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But today, perhaps, perhaps that phrase for you has more of a question mark at the end of it than an exclamation point. And maybe for you, it's not Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, but it's Christ is risen? Indeed? Well, let me say this, that's, that's okay. <laughs> a question mark is a good place to begin, because in, in fact, on that very first Easter Sunday, there were only question marks. That those first followers of Jesus had nothing but question marks floating around in their mind. What do we do what do we do now that, that Jesus is gone? And then even after he rose from the dead, they still had questions. Could this be? Is, is, this, is this real? I, I, don't, I don't believe it. And so if you have a question mark at the end of that phrase, that's okay. You're in good company this Easter morning. Because nobody was expecting resurrection. There was no crowd gathered outside the tomb, counting down from 10, waiting for the fireworks to go off when Jesus walked out of the grave. That first Easter, it was, well, really wasn't all that exciting. It, it, was, it was, in fact, mostly heartbreaking that Jesus was supposed to change everything, and yet the same thing happened to him that had happened to everybody before him. He died. <laughs> he was buried. What do we do now? Well, what do we do now that, that Jesus is gone? What do we do now that, that our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord, our hope is gone? What do you do? What do you do when hope is gone? You know, this last year has been, it's been a hard year. You don't need me to tell you that. <laughs> it's been a hard year. It's been a dark year. Last Easter, there was just five of us gathered in this place. And we were preaching, singing, praying to a camera. It's been a hard and a dark year. Maybe in this past year, you've, you've lost a loved one. Maybe in this past year, you've, you've lost a job, or, or maybe it hasn't been an earthquake-size event that has turned your whole world upside down, but there's been enough disruption under the surface to register on the scale. Working from home, being alone, having too many people in your home and too many kids running around in your home. Or, or maybe it's just that that constant anxiety that comes at us from the evening news, and your life has felt all disjointed, all out of place. 
And so we've all been asking this question this past year, where, where's the hope? Where, where is the, the good news? And you know, faith and hope are, are tied together. In the Bible, it says that, that faith is the substance, the, the reality of things hoped for, the proof of things that we do not see. So the question is, what happens when hope begins to dim? Well, the light of faith begins to go out as well. I, I know people who in this past year, they've lost their hope, and so they've lost their faith. I also know people who have found their faith. They've renewed their faith and their hope, all because of how they have answered that question, where is their hope? You see, the disciples, their, their hopes and dreams died with Jesus on Friday. Their hopes were buried in that grave, and that heavy stone rolled in front of the tomb was a great symbol for the heaviness of their despair. For them, when Jesus died, hope died. That there were no, there were no Christians on Friday or Saturday or very early Sunday morning. That on the day that Jesus died, everybody unfollowed Jesus. Because, because the reason why they followed Jesus in the first place was not because he was some great teacher, even though he was a great teacher. The reason why they followed Jesus in the first place was not because of the way that he acted, even though he always acted with love and justice and compassion and mercy. No, the reason why they followed Jesus in the first place was because of who he claimed to be. That he claimed to be the Son of God, the Messiah, the way, the truth, and the life. And this was so attractive. And it was also so disruptive. It's the same reason why so many people did not follow Jesus and were upset by him. Because he claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be greater than the organized religion of the day. And all of that was not only shocking, but it was also blasphemous. So Jesus said, I am the life, but the life can't die. The the Messiah cannot be crucified. The son of God cannot be buried in a tomb. That even though the people had high hopes, even though they had seen Jesus heal the sick and forgive sins and offer restoration for people, that even though Jesus has offered hope, Their hopes were nailed to the cross on that Friday night. And there were no followers of Jesus on Good Friday. Because there was no leader to keep the movement going. There was no message that was worth repeating anymore. Because Jesus, he just said too much about himself. And then allowed himself to be tortured, arrested, killed, and buried. Where's the hope now? We've been asking that question a lot, I bet. And it's not a new question, but I want you to sit with it for a moment longer. You've been asking it this whole past year. Where's where's the hope? You can sit with it for a few more minutes. 
Because that question, that question leads us on the path to resurrection. That the road to Easter goes straight through a cemetery. That the garden is a gravesite, and only, only in our stubborn pursuit of hope will we find it in such a hopeless place. So in the Easter story, we see a follower of Jesus named Mary sitting outside the tomb while it's still dark out. She's weeping, crying. And Mary is asked two different times in the story, woman, why are you crying? And it's sort of a silly question to ask because the answer is obvious. Why are you crying? Well, Jesus is gone. Duh. Why, why else would I be crying? But I think, I think that there's a little bit more going on in this question than what's on the surface. I, I think that this is, this is a prying question of hope. Because hope, it's not always obvious. And so I think long before this scene takes place, I, I think of the ancient Jewish prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 37, God comes to the prophet Ezekiel. God takes him and he shows him a, a valley of dried up bones. And God asks Ezekiel a question. In the middle of this valley of bones, probably where a battle had taken place, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Is there, is there hope for these bones. Where, Ezekiel, is the hope? In the midst of all of this wreckage of war, where is the hope? And what Ezekiel replies, it, it sounds a lot like the disciples' reply on Friday and Saturday and early Sunday morning. Where's the hope? Ezekiel says, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and I, love, I love the honesty of his answer. I, I don't know. I can't fix this. I can't heal these bones. I, I can't resurrect them. I, I don't know. That's the answer of Friday. That, that's the answer of Saturday. Can, can life come from death? I don't know. I've only seen it work the other way around before. I, I don't know if resurrection can happen. The tomb is sealed. Jesus' body is, is lying still, dead bones. Can these bones live? I don't know. I, I don't know. But this is the question that God asks us in every dark valley. Can these bones live? Is there hope still to be found here? A question that maybe we've all been asking recently. Can these bones live? <laughs> Can, can we survive this? Can we get through this? Is my business going to make it? Are, are we going to go under? Can we heal? Can, can we heal? Can we as a nation, as a people, can, can we heal? Is resurrection possible? And when we look out at the valleys of this world, we see so much death and so much destruction and so much injustice. It seems like we have been forced over the past year 
to look at a valley of dried up bones, countless lives lost due to COVID, political unrest, racial injustice, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the list goes on and on. There's plenty of bones for us to survey. We've all seen it right in front of our eyes. And we've been forced to look into the dark despair of this valley that this world presents to us. And so God comes to us on Easter and God asks us, can these bones live? Can, can there still be hope? Can life come from death? Can a garden come up from a grave? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Lord. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next for me or for you or for us as a people. I don't know what's next in my life. Those of you who have been working and fighting on the front lines for the rest of us, I know that you've asked that question, can these bones live? Will, will I have enough strength to make it another day? So Ezekiel says, I, I don't know. I don't know, Lord. Then he says, but you do. I, I don't know. But Lord, only you do. So God said to Ezekiel, look, I know you don't see it now. I know you don't understand it. I know you can't explain it. I know that you just see a valley of bones, but I want you, Ezekiel, to believe where you have not yet seen. And in the darkness of your uncertainty, I want you to go into that valley and I want you to speak to those bones and I want you to say, live Live. I want you to speak to death. God says, live. I want you to tell that evidence of death and destruction. God says, live on this day. Can these bones live? I don't know. But God has given me a message to say, live. Death does not have the last word. And those bones started rattling. They started shaking and coming together, no longer dried up, but now alive, live. So the cross, the cross may say death. The grave may say game over, but God says live. It's not over. Death does not have the last word. The worst thing is not the last thing. The stone has been rolled away. Live, get up and live. So watch this, watch this. As, as Mary, she's outside this tomb, weeping. And the angels ask her, why are you weeping? Can these bones, Mary, can these bones not live? And Mary doesn't answer back because she doesn't have to. Her, her tears are the answer. Every tear echoes the same reply, no, 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 no. And then Jesus comes along. But she doesn't realize it's Jesus at first. She thinks it's the gardener. And Jesus asks her the same question, why are you weeping? 
Can these bones not live? And the irony in this answer, because Jesus has already answered the question. I mean, he's already resurrected. He's already alive. The tomb is already empty. The grave has already been robbed. But there was still something dead in this resurrection place. There was still something dead in this garden, something that did not belong, and it was Mary's hope. Her hope had died. It's interesting that Jesus has the power to overcome the grave, but he cannot force us to believe. That's why it's faith. That's why faith and hope are tied together. And so Jesus asks her the same question This time to resurrect her, to resurrect her hope. Why are you weeping? Still thinking he was the gardener. Not thinking right, not seeing it straight. She says, sir, whoever you are, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Uh, tell, me, tell me where you've laid him and I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll take him away. Show me the valley where his bones are drying up in. She wanted to fix it. She, she wanted to do something to try to make this right because this is not how her Jesus should be treated. She wanted to control something. And when we feel out of control, what is the very first thing that we always try to do? We try to grab some control. We, we try to make sense of something. We try to get back to whatever normal is, whatever that is, right? And so Mary's grieving, not only the loss of her friend, but she's grieving the illusion of control. That when life goes off the rails and, and it seems like everything's going wrong, we, we just want to try to fix it. Let me make this right. Let me, let me take care of this. But Jesus has already fixed it. Jesus has already taken care of it. All things are now new and nothing will ever be the same again. And you cannot tidy up resurrection. Can these bones live? I don't know. I can't fix it. I I can't heal it. I can't resurrect it. But God, you know. You see, uncertainty, uncertainty is the starting point of resurrection. Because only when we confess that that we don't know, that, that we can't control, can God come and show us exactly what it is that God is able to do. Can these bones live? I don't know. But Lord, you do. Resurrection means letting go of that control. Letting go of expectations because resurrection is unexpected. It's, it's disruptive. God, I don't know what you're about to do, but do what only you can do in this dark place. So when Mary hears her name called, her despair is disrupted. With one word, Mary. Mary. She comes back to life. 
she jumps up. Her hope is reborn. And she's been looking for Jesus all along, but Jesus finds her. Hope finds her there. Resurrection has already happened in the dark. Can these bones live? I don't know. I don't understand, Lord, but Jesus, you are the yes to every single one of my no's. Every single tearful no that I have spoken, Jesus, you have said yes. Easter means that these three words are true. God is able. That no matter how many bones may be on the ground, God is able. No matter how dark it may have been, God is able. No matter how long it has been, God is able. No matter how hard it has been or how hard it is, God is able. Easter, Easter says to that question, can these bones live? Easter says, yes. Yes, they can. That on this day, Jesus says to dry bones and dead hope, Live. Get up and walk out of the grave and live because death has been defeated. The grave has been robbed. It's been robbed of its victory, robbed of its power, robbed of its despair. Stones are rolled away. The grave is open and a dead man has come back to life. God is able. God has disrupted disrupted the order of death on Easter. And today, today is a day of not only new life, it is a day of new hope as well. Because today, we proclaim that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. But perhaps, perhaps it's still a day of question marks. And so to everyone who still has a question mark at the end of that statement, I'll say again, that's all right. That's okay. That's a good place to begin. And no matter how many tears have been shed at the grave, Jesus can use them to water the garden of new life. You see, faith is not the absence of uncertainty. Faith is the confession of our failure of certainty. It's it's leaning into this mystery. It's, It's trusting that God will guide us through the darkest of nights like a lantern guides us through the night. And that's okay. Because resurrection happens while it's still dark out. Faith is believing in what we cannot see and letting go. Letting go of our fear of uncertainty. The faith and hope, they, they go together. And if they do, then that means that, that faith, faith is holding on to uncertainty with passionate conviction. Can these bones live? I don't know. I don't know. But God, I know that you do. So if you've been searching for hope this past year, if you've been trying to control things, fix things, and manufacture hope and comfort, well, the bad news, the bad news is you can't fix it. You can't control 
everything. But the good news is that when you do learn to let go, when you surrender that, you'll be surprised when hope comes to find you. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then wait in that uncertain dark for hope to come and speak to you. Because today, today hope has come to find you. Jesus has come to speak your name. Mary. Live. Calling you back to life. Resurrecting your hope. Live. Live. So listen. Listen. And let go. And receive. And receive that new life today. So today I invite you. I invite you with your questions, with your exclamation marks, to come to Jesus and to hold on to this mystery of resurrection, this mystery of life, and receive it. Today we're going to celebrate Holy Communion together as a church. Jesus' love and grace and presence offered to us here today. And you don't have to be a member of the church. You don't have to have it all figured out. There's no secret handshake to come to the Lord's table, but Jesus bids all to come, welcomes all to his table and offers us his life and says, live, live. Will you receive that today?